My name's Greg Knapp. This is the Greg Knapp Experience, your 20-minute thrill ride for your commute or your workout. Well, get ready for a recession just in time for Christmas. Thanks, Joe. More Americans have died from COVID under Biden than under Trump. Is the cancel culture starting to backfire? And Legos, you know, the toy, they want you to know they're working to be more inclusive. What? Yeah, I know. I'll try and explain it to you. It's all coming up on this edition of the Greg Knapp Experience. Let's go. So we start with the recession. And I hate to be the bad news guy. I like to be the good news guy. But if we're going to have bad news, let's have it right away. And I think you all have already seen this coming. With the supply chain crisis, with inflation, with the energy problems, everything that's going on, the people being paid to stay home, the, uh, you're, you know something's wrong. You know things are starting to crumble. And here we go. Megan Haney reporting. We appear to be sliding into another recession based on declining consumer sentiment. It's new research from University College London. They go through all these numbers. They crunch them all. They tell you all about it. But you get down to the bottom line. The clear downward movements in consumer expectations over the past six months are evidence the U.S. is currently heading into a recession. Although it's not reflected in the hiring situation, the unemployment rate is falling. The economy is adding jobs, but at a slower than expected pace likely because the U.S. government has played a large role in propping up the labor market. You think? Yeah, we've been talking about it, but we were told, oh, no, 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 that's not true. Those are just those crazy conservative people talking to you on the radio. They're just lying to you. It's misinformation. Deplatform them. And we, once again, have been telling you the truth. It seems to us, the report says, there is every likelihood that the U.S. enters a recession at the end of 2021. I hate to say it, but it's probably true. Get ready now. And you might want to buy those Christmas gifts now because shipping is not good. We've been telling you about this. Wendell Hughesbo reporting. Shipping companies across the nation are reportedly struggling to find truck drivers to ease port backlogs on the east and west coast. Hmm. I wonder why that's. Oh, yeah, that's that whole propping up the labor market thing. Old Dominion Freight Line, right? The trucking company. They will now hire any driver with or without experience. They will teach you to get your commercial driver's license. What a great time to go and become a trucker. These guys make pretty doggone good money. You don't even need a college degree. And they can't get the people. Uh, Michael Deneen is with Old Dominion. And he told KHQ, the pandemic has made finding truck drivers more difficult due to the, get this, unemployment checks that drivers may be receiving from Democrat-controlled states. Yeah, Pay people more not to work than work, and they're going to not work. He also thinks labor shortage will carry over and impact our Christmas season and beyond. Let's see. He said difficult due to the unemployment checks that drivers may be receiving from Democrat-controlled states. Where are the problems mainly? Oh, the coast, California, New York. Oh, wait, that's right. They're both Democratic states. <laughs> Governor DeSantis down in Florida said, hey, come on down and use the port of Jacksonville. Come on down and use the port of Miami. We got plenty of workers. It's a little extra travel, but it's better than sitting out there with your anchor for two weeks. By the way, they think that one of the ships with the anchor out in California may be why that pipeline burst. But nah, it's no big deal. Don't worry about it. Christmas is going to be this year impacted greatly by not just trucking, but through the whole logistic network. It's a little bit out of whack. So by early, we're going to work ourselves out of it. But it's going to be a couple of years going through this new normal right now. That's Michael Deneen with Old Dominion. Then you go to co-head of Alex Partners Retail Consulting Practice. His name is Joel Bynes. He said, there will definitely be weeping children this holiday season. Come on, Joe. Weeping children. Weeping children. Do it for the kids. Black Friday 
doesn't exist. The holiday season doesn't exist, not as it used to. Wow. He said it's going to be tough from October 1 to January 15 for sure. That's that's going to hurt the economy big time. Uh, if, you've, if you're a small business owner, mid-sized business owner, retail, man, Christmas makes or breaks your year. And if they're not going to be able to have a big Christmas, this is going to hurt these people big time. Look at these ports. Port of Savannah, 80,000 containers waiting to be moved. 70 cargo ships waiting to dock at the port of L.A., the port's full. About 13% of the world's cargo shipping is tied up in delays right now. Warehouses are filling up and have scarce availability. Prices for warehouses are at an all-time high. All of this adds to the inflation that we talked about yesterday, where now the average American is going to spend $2,100 more this year than last year for basic necessities. Greg, you're just a Barrel of laughs today, man. You're a ray of sunshine. Look, man, I don't make the news. I just report the news. I'm like the mailman. I just deliver it. I don't write it. Thomas Kentonachi reporting that Biden's climate pact that he's pushing now on methane will hobble the United States and not even touch the countries that are most to blame for methane. So first of all, if you believe that methane gas is going to destroy the planet, then you want it all cut. I happen to be a guy who believes that, yes, the planet gets warmer, the planet gets colder. I don't believe that man is about to destroy the planet because I've seen an awful lot of research that shows that we've actually had a 20-year cooling period, and that's from satellite data, and we see a lot of the stuff that we were told was going to happen hasn't happened. You know, we've had to remove signs that say, these glaciers will be melted by 2020. Nope, still there. So maybe we ought to tap the brakes a little bit on thinking that we know exactly what's going to, quote, destroy the planet, especially when you look at all these things that they're talking about doing. Uh, a lot of these experts will actually say that will have no statistically significant impact on global temperature. So spend trillions of dollars, bankrupt people, put America at a great disadvantage and do nothing statistically significant to change the global temperature. Sounds like a great plan. So this is what Biden wants to do with methane, forcefully cutting methane emissions so drastically though, 30% by 2030. 30% of our current rates by 2030. Well, that could significantly harm U.S. agriculture manufacturing. Yeah, because energy is needed for everything and especially using gas for a lot of agriculture. And that's where the methane comes from. We appreciate the efforts to address methane emissions, but the unintended consequences of a methane tax could prove harmful to families across the country with little environmental benefit. That's the American Gas Association. They wrote a letter to top lawmakers. Well, Greg, they just want to make money. They don't care about the environment at all. Yeah. Well, hold on a second. Um, what if it does nothing to save the planet and instead hurts everyone who uses natural gas, increases the cost of fuel for heating in the winter, for fuel for so many homes up north in the Midwest that use natural gas for cooking and everything else, and hurts agriculture where it's more difficult to grow cattle and to grow plants even? Because, you know, all these farms need energy and most of them use natural gas. And by the way, at the same time, China, Russia, India, they're not signing on to this. They represent about 33% of the global methane emissions. So the biggest users of methane gas or emitters or whatever you want to call it, they're not even signing on to this thing. 
But the U.S. and the EU unveiled the Global Methane Pledge on September 18. By the way, you talk about saving the planet. Do you realize under Trump, even though he pulled us out of the Paris Climate Accords, we are the only country that actually met the goals to reduce CO2 emissions under the Paris Climate Accords because of our fracking of natural gas and shifting so much from coal to natural gas, we actually met the Paris Climate Accords, even though we pulled out of it. The other countries that were screaming at us and talking about how great they were, that they were still in it, they didn't even meet their goals. Isn't that nice? Mm-hmm. Right. Australia, Brazil, Iran also did not join the pledge. They're among the world's top 10 methane emitters. The nations signing on to the US-EU pledge agreed to cut methane by 30% by 2030 compared to 2020 levels. Yeah, it's all about the cow toots, right? We got to stop the cows tooting. It's just too much. The White House has yet to lay out the policies that were pursued to cut methane by 30%. But, you know, they just want to do it. Maybe it's a methane tax. Well, it could really hurt U.S. agriculture. The American Farm Bureau said it could devastate them. The National Cattlemen's Beef Association has implored Biden to propose measures, not mandates. (laughs) Lots of luck with that. Have you noticed already your beef and pork and chicken prices way up? Do you not think that's on purpose? I mean, the left does not want you eating meat because meat means you got to raise the meat. And when you raise these cattle, they do the cow toots and the pig toots. And they say that that's going to destroy the planet. So you got to start eating that impossible burger. You got to start eating a lot more veggies because we can't have you eating all this meat. The balancing act is important here because manufacturers rely on natural gas. The richness of the resource has redefined America's competitive advantages within the global economy and the manufacturing sector. Yeah, but, you know, hey, come on. Do you really want to be number one anymore? I mean, do you really want inexpensive energy and save money and have inflation go back down? Or are you more interested in saving the planet, Buster? Tyler O'Neill talking about what happened with our economy and paying people not to work. Remember the Democrats and the media and the Twitterverse said paying people more to stay home would have no impact. Well, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, according to a new study, actually delivered a boost, a strong boost to Florida's coffers and the economy by ending those extra federal benefits early. This is from the Foundation for Government Accountability. And he said, Governor DeSantis' decision to end the $300 weekly unemployment bonus helped accelerate Florida's economic recovery and kickstart the state into overdrive. In March 2021, Florida employers had nearly 500,000 open jobs, even though three times as many Floridians were on unemployment compared to pre-pandemic levels. So obviously people were saying, nah, don't want the job, right? Paid to stay home. J.P. Morgan Chase estimated that 48% of the benefit recipients made as much or more sitting home than they did going to work. So DeSantis said, all right, look, we got all these jobs, plenty of job openings, no reason anymore to sit home. So I'm going to roll back those extra benefits. They started it more than two months before the benefits were supposed to phase out. And that saved Florida state government millions of dollars. They were paying $400 million a week in unemployment benefits. And by the end of August, only $60 million per week. And the early phase out increased work search activity in Florida. It spiked by more than 40% when DeSantis announced the phase out into late August. And Florida employers hired nearly 1.3 million new workers with nearly 400,000 of those hires recorded in the first three weeks after the unemployment bonus was gone. And entrepreneurs created nearly 150,000 new businesses since the unemployment bonus ended. The authors found more businesses are created in Florida than in any other state in America. 
And since the bonus ended, business creation in Florida is up by nearly 70% compared to pre-pandemic levels. But no, 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 it has nothing to do with that. That's just a right-wing talking point. We got to keep that going forever. Right. Hey, in just a second, I want to talk about Southwest canceling more airline flights and what's going on there. But if you're enjoying the show, please be a part of the movement. Help us combat the far less version of America. Rally around what makes us exceptional. So listen, follow, share on social. Uh, You can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you can listen to a podcast. Tell three friends to tell three friends and so on. Thank you for being part of the movement. I told you about Southwest cancellations over the weekend. Canceled my mission trip. I thought we were going to go another day. Now they're saying, nope, we got to cancel the whole thing. We're going to have to reschedule, do it another time. Great. And think about this. Think about how many people now uh, have missed their business trips, have missed family events, have missed their vacations, have missed flights to funerals, have missed flights to go visit loved ones who may be ill and dying. I mean, just on and on and on with the ripple effects of this. And Southwest Airlines, of course, was tra- well, you know, it was the air traffic control problem. It was the weather problem. And the FAA comes out, no, there, we haven't had any air traffic control problems since Friday. And you know, the, the weather, what are you talking about? The, if, it was the, if it was the weather and the air traffic control, then all the airlines would be experiencing it. So basically what, we, what it boils down to is Southwest was pushing the vaccine mandate on its employers that the Biden administration announced and still hasn't written any regulations for. So Biden announced that he was going to make all these companies do it, hasn't actually put that into any OSHA regulation, which I don't believe he has the authority to do, which is probably why he hasn't done it, because then you would have to push that out to the companies. Then you'd have people suing. Then it would be tied up in the courts and he doesn't want to do any of that. So he just announces it and knows that a lot of these big corporations will go along with him because he's now given them cover. And it's kind of this mutual, uh, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. And of course, the big companies can afford to do this. The smaller and mid-sized companies can cannot afford to do this. Once again, another benefit to these huge corporations. Talk about crony capitalism, and it's coming from the Democrats, the same people who claim that they're for the little guy. Right. Well, as I said, it's it's all gone now. And uh, I, I, I read some of the left's comments against the pilots yesterday that came out and said that they weren't going to give up their freedom and their choice over their body to take this vaccine. And I saw some of the left, they were, they were saying, hey, listen, these pilots have already given up freedom to be pilots. I mean, they have to do whatever their employee says when they come to work and, you know, they they tell them how much sleep they have to have before they fly, how, how long before they've drunk alcohol that they can fly. Um, that's not the same as forcing them to take medical uh, uh, vaccine, right? Well, what about all the other vaccines that you have? And an un- unvaxxed pilot is an unsafe pilot. So why not just take this vaccine? So I tweeted a couple things out, all right? First of all, I said, we say we want everyone back to work and then we make it harder to stay at work. You know, the people on the plane can choose to wear a mask and get vaccinated. So please stop mandating what everybody else does. And, and then I said, tell me of which, which of these are not true. Okay, number one, polio, mumps, measles, vaccines, etc. Those have been around a long time with a lot more testing than this. Number two, the CDC actually says you can transmit COVID if you're vaxxed or not vaxxed. And number three, the CDC says if you're vaxxed and wearing a K95 mask, it's highly unlikely you will get COVID from anyone. So why do we have to mandate this? These pilots are in the front in a closed cockpit. You're in the back with filtered air. And you say this pilot is making you unsafe. You know what's unsafe? 
is getting rid of a bunch of pilots who have a ton of experience and bringing in new people at the last second. That's going to be unsafe. This is nonsense. And Biden administration hasn't even written the regulations. I told you why. They, they, they know they'll probably lose in court. So it's better just not to do it and just try to work out something with this crony capitalism. Christopher uh, Tremogli, I think, has a great piece today. And he's pointing out, according to Johns Hopkins University's data on COVID-19 deaths, since January 1, there have been approximately 353,000 deaths from the pandemic. That's about 1,000 more than in all of 2020. So that means more people have died from COVID-19 in America under Joe Biden than under Donald Trump. That can't be true. That's misinformation. Just deplatform this guy. It's just the facts here. And, and then you got to look at, okay, well, what happened under these guys? Well, Greg, plus you can't blame it on the president. Right, exactly. I didn't blame it on Trump. I don't blame it on Biden. But the left blamed it on Trump, and they're not blaming it on Biden. The left and the media and the Democrats, but I repeat myself, blamed it on Trump, but they're not blaming it on Biden. And then you look at what's happening. Remember, Trump didn't even have the vaccinations until the last month of his presidency. Biden had it from day one. Now, Biden has the Delta variant, and Trump had the original, so... I don't know. Is, did, would it really matter what Trump, what Biden did, excuse me, to make this any better? I don't know, but the mandates sure aren't helping. Sure doesn't look like it. Under Biden, COVID-19 seven-day fatality rate in September, higher than last September. And then I love what Christopher says here. He goes, listen, it's amusing how in year one of the pandemic, every story about the virus was, virus was a blame Trump story. Absolutely nothing Biden has done is working, yet Biden really never gets blamed for anything. Isn't that true? It's still Trump's fault. It's the governor's fault. They won't listen to Biden. It's the unvaxxed people. They won't listen to Biden. Even though the cycle is now going through states with Democratic governors, it's still blame Trump, blame Trump, blame Trump. And Trump lied about this all the time, says the media. How about this from Biden? Biden had stated, if you're vaccinated, you're not going to be hospitalized. You're not going to be in the ICU and you're not going to die. That was a quote. Then shortly after those comments, he contradicted himself and said, well, even if vaccinated people do, quote, catch the virus, they are not likely to get sick, end quote. Hmm. And then when talking about the Delta virus, Biden stated the vaccines cover the Delta variant insofar as people will not contract the virus if vaccinated, quote, you're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations, end quote. So if Biden were held to the same standard as Trump, maybe they talk about that just a little bit, which is another reason that we don't trust the media. Do you remember last week I told you about the NASCAR winning Brandon Brown being interviewed by NBC? He had just won the big race and NBC was interviewing. In the background, you heard the F Joe Biden chant, right? F Joe Biden. And the interviewer said, oh, they're chanting, let's go, Brandon, in the background. And everybody made fun of it. And everybody's like, yeah, you can't trust the media. And look at how silly this is. And she's spinning it. But it started something. Because now people are chanting, let's go, Brandon, as a more polite way of chanting F Joe Biden. You know, because of things like Afghanistan and the COVID max, uh, mandates and the border crisis and gas and oil and inflation and on and on and on. And Nicarama pointing out, now you're seeing it on billboards, on t-shirts, 
it's trending on Twitter. It not only makes fun of Joe Biden, it also makes fun of the news media at the same time. You heard it chanted at the New York Jets game, at the Boston Red Sox game. Country singer Travis Tritt said, quote, I'm pretty sure I heard thousands in the audience chanting, let's go, Brandon, as I left the stage last night in Tampa. A man being interviewed by Fox and Fox and Friends got it in there live. Chicago O'Hare Airport, there's a guy that caught it being uh, on the on the intercom. Somebody was being paged. Um Let's go, Brandon. Yeah, it was hilarious. And a Christian college this weekend at their football game started chanting, let's go, Brandon. It could be the new rallying cry for America moving back to sanity. Could the pendulum really start swinging back? I think so. And I think we've seen it in several stories we've done over the last few weeks. And here's another one. Danielle Wallace pointing out the cancel culture backfires. A banned lecture by a Princeton professor at MIT is now drawing thousands. And the reason he was he was canceled, his speech was canceled, is not because of his speech. His speech was about the climate. It was, it was a lefty speech. You would think they'd love it. But no, see, here's the problem. MIT retracted his invitation, not because of the content of his planned lecture, but instead after activists and MIT academics took issue with Professor Dorian Abbott's past comments arguing academic evaluations should be based on merit, not on race or ethnic identity. Well, how dare he? I mean, of course, you, it's racist to not do it based on race. Wait, is it, isn't it racist to do things based on race? Well, it used to be. Now it's racist if you don't. So here's a guy simply saying, look, I think academic evaluations should be based on your merit, not on your skin color. And they're calling him a racist for saying something that is absolutely not racist. So he spoke out. He said, I'm a professor who just had a prestigious public science lecture at MIT canceled because of an outrage mob on Twitter. Yep, probably 10 people. This is not a partisan issue. Anyone who is interested in the pursuit of truth and in promoting a healthy and functioning society has a stake in this debate. Speaking out now may seem risky, but the cost of remaining silent is far steeper. Yep. The pendulum is starting to swing back. In fact, now they have more people who are going to watch this on Zoom than ever would have watched it if the cancel culture hadn't gotten involved. And this guy is becoming more famous than he ever would have been if they had just left him alone. The Fox flight team, you know, they got those drones going in now on the border. They captured video of more than $100 million in unused border wall materials just sitting around. More than $100 million worth. We've already paid for it going to waste along the border in Texas. Biden's former border security chief, Rodney Scott, was on special report, said the U.S. is paying five, was paying $5 million a day for border contracts that were on hold. So we were paying people not to build the wall when Biden took over. And many of those projects today are still on hold, so we're still paying them every day. And Scott said the Border Patrol made it clear to Biden that ending the Trump era immigration policies would lead to an uncontrollable crisis. And he did it anyway. So far this year, more than 400,000 known illegal aliens got away. And those are only the ones we know about. Let's go, Brandon. ABC News says Kristen Cinema has taken a hard turn to the right. Did you see this? Yeah, yep. Yeah. ABC News claims Senator Kristen Sinema, Democrat Arizona, has taken a hard turn to the right as she continues to resist the $3.5 trillion spending spree being pushed by her Democratic colleagues. 538 works with ABC. 538 is supposed to be this big uh, reporting and st uh, stats group and uh, what do you call it? I don't know, polling unit that's supposed to be, has a finger on the pulse of politics, right? 
And it's a subset of ABC News, political election analysis, and it ran a piece Monday. It was called Kristen Cinema Confounding Her Own Party, But Why? Quote, Manchin, talking about Senator Joe Manchin from West Virginia, Manchin's centrism is unsurprising. He has been a conservative Democrat his entire career, and his home state of West Virginia is so red, it might be politically impossible for him to move left. But not true with cinema, right? And and then they wrote, once a staunch progressive, Arizona's senior senator has taken a hard turn to the right. And it went on to demonstrate how cinema voted with President Trump more often than expected among Democratic senators, tying with Manchin at 50.4%. All right, but here's the thing. A, a lot of your votes in the Senate and in the House are just normal, almost unanimous votes. And so 50.4% is no big deal. It's those votes that are very divisive that you're wondering, okay, who are you going with? Well, Senate has voted with President Biden 100% of the time and approved every single one of his nominees, according to 538's own tracker. So you're voting with Biden 100% of the time, approved every single one of his nominees. The only thing you're doing is resisting voting on a $3.5 trillion spending spree, and that's a hard turn to the right? So what pieces of legislation show you that she's made a hard turn to the right? This woman is not a righty. She's not really even a moderate. The only moderate thing she's doing is not voting for $3.5 trillion, and that's still a hard turn to the right for ABC News. Speaking of Jen Psaki, I'm sorry, uh, Kristen Cinema. White House spokesperson Jen Psaki on Friday said something that I think a lot of people missed. Remember when Biden came out about Senator Kristen Sinema being harassed and chased into a bathroom and filmed and put up on social media by the illegal aliens who were very mad at her for the $3.5 trillion bill? He said about that, I don't think they're appropriate tactics, but it happens to everybody. I mean, only it doesn't happen to people who have Secret Service standing around them. So it's part of the process. So he said it happens to everybody, part of the process. But, you know, I don't think they're appropriate. So Jen Psaki was asked about that again on Friday, and she said, I talked to the president about this maybe two days ago. It's all running together. In the last few days, I would say, and what he conveyed very clearly, just in case there's any confusion about where he stands, is that while, of course, we all agree, and as Senator Sinema said herself, the right to free speech and a protest is sacred to our country, he believes that what happened to her crossed the line and was absolutely unacceptable and flat out wrong to violate someone's personal space in a bathroom. Okay, so that continues to be his point of view. Wait, wait, no, no. He said, happens to everybody, part of the process, and she's now turned it into cross the line, absolutely unacceptable, and flat out wrong. Glad she cleared that up. Did you see the Kamala Harris video about space? Our vice president did this big video about space and getting everybody excited. She was all giddy. She was kind of manic, really. And she was talking to these young teenagers, and it was more like she was talking to second graders. Well, now we find out those teenagers, those, those cute little kids that were in that video with her, that were grinning at her and really encouraging her and getting all excited, they're actors. KSBW reporting the special featured live five teens from across the country. The teens are actors who auditioned for their spots. Trevor Bernardino is a 13-year-old freshman at York School in Monterey. He's also a space enthusiast. And then he said he had to send a monologue of him talking about something he's passionate about. Three questions he would ask a world leader. The next step was for Trevor to interview the director of the production so they could get an insight into Trevor's interviewing skills. Then after that, like a week later, my agent called me and was like, hey, Trevor, you booked it. Trevor said. 
So they hired actors to be the kids in her video. <laughs> Why would they do that? Well, Greg, did you see her performance? I mean, you can't trust what kids would actually do. Real kids reacting to that might not look so good. We needed actors. It kind of goes along with, you know, the fake White House set that Biden keeps using. We're living in the Truman presidency. Let's go, Brandon. Would you stop doing that? Charles Kim reporting the Danish toy maker, Lego, announced Sunday. The company is committed to making Lego play more inclusive and ensuring that children's creative ambitions, both now and in the future, are not limited by gender stereotypes. This is Lego? Yes, Lego. We know there is work to do. <laughs> There's work to do with Lego, man. They got to get woke. Gender neutral stuff. Okay, no, wait a second. Uh, have you seen the Legos lately? I mean, there's every color under the rainbow. There is the rainbow. There's every gender you can imagine. I can't even tell what gender some of the Lego characters are. What are you talking about that it's not gender inclusive? It's just a toy. I don't get it. We know there is work to do, which is why from 2021, we will work closely with the Gina Davis Institute on Gender and Media and UNICEF to ensure UNICEF? UNICEF getting involved with Legos. <laughs> Ensure Lego products and marketing are accessible to all and free of gender bias and harmful stereotypes. Is there any kid ever that has been harmed by a Lego? They choke on them. They throw them at each other. Yeah, I mean, but like by, because of the gender stereotyping. <laughs> In the release, Lego said, while its brand was an example of inclusive play, it is still considered more relevant to boys than to girls. So because boys like Legos more than girls, it means it's a problem with the toy? There are toys that girls like more than boys. No, there aren't. It's not true. Quit saying that. So football is more relevant to boys. Ballet is more relevant to girls. Isn't that okay? I mean, because, you know, here's, here's the newsflash. Boys and girls are different. So equal access, absolutely. Equal outcomes is ridiculous. Uh, you know, if they really want to make Legos more gender neutral, they probably need to stop making the male part snap into the female part so that you can build Legos. My name's Greg Knapp. This is the Greg Knapp Experience. Let's go, Brandon! Brandon! <laughs>